Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Well, um, Perth let me out (laughs) and I got to come and travel away, but it's been a bit of a hectic couple of years. I don't know about you, but my family and my work and my life and my loves, my loves and my family. I have a husband, his name is Charles, and um, I have two children. I have a little boy, his name is Maximus, and uh, he is obsessed with the guitar and um, he's a swimmer. He swims 4Ks three times a week. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. I like try to swim 500 meters. And I'm like, what is going on? And then I have a little girl and she is eight. And her name is Liberty. And she is a wildfire that lives up to every part of her name. And so to come here and to spend time with you today is, um, is fun, but I miss them. I miss my family and um, I chatted with them this morning and they're doing really good. And in the midst of um, this season that we've walked through as a society, as a culture, in Australia as well, there's been a lot of disruption and change. And I I don't know about you, but you know, just getting used to Zoom (laughs) and being on Zoom meetings, let me tell you one of the craziest Zoom meetings I had in the last season. I sat um, in a Zoom room and I was hosting an interview. So I had the people and culture as a part of um, the meeting and I was the hiring manager who was having the conversation. And I'm chatting away and of course you're on the best behaviour when people and culture are in the room. And so I'm chatting away and I'm speaking to someone who actually his um, reputation precedes him and had been a CEO in different capacities. And so I was on my very best behaviour. And in the midst of the Zoom and the lockdown, I heard screams coming from my lounge room and the screams were fierce. As a parent, you know the different kinds of screams. You have the scream, I'm having a fight with my brother. You have the scream, um, I've slipped over, but you have the fierce scream. And it was a fierce scream. And so I straight away put mute on as we've all gotten to know what mute's like. I'm sure Frank is not muting me right now, I hope. And it's that sense of he just, I turned on mute and I was like, I don't know what's going on in the lounge room, but I don't want to know either. And then straight away, I hear the little pitter-patter of my beautiful children's feet. And I have a window that's outside. And I see my children come outside and around the backyard with a little sign that they had just created for me and put a sign on the window that said, Mum, there is a snake in the house. And I was like, okay, I have a choice now. Are they playing a trick on me in the midst of our COVID experience, in the midst of people and culture sitting there lovely as I'm asking the next question? Or do I actually go and check that there is a snake in the house? And so I went on and my adrenaline started to move higher and higher up my body. And I I ended the call as professionally and as quickly as I could. And I went outside and I found, in fact, there was a snake in my house. How's your year been? (laughs) In the midst of that season as well for us as a family, um, we went through some really challenging times, actually times of deep suffering and grief. 
across the season of the pandemic season, my father was um, diagnosed with motor neuron disease, just out of the blue. And um, his journey through motor neuron disease actually was from diagnosis to the time when I stood with him in the hospital and he passed away. It was only four short months. So in the midst of the disruption, I found myself deeply grieved and asking God questions about what is not only happening globally, but what was happening in my family. And so as a family, we walked through that time. And then just at the end of last year, so seven months ago, my, my husband arrived home from work quite early. And it was so unusual. And I just looked at him. I said, why are you home? And he looked at me. And without any sense of emotion, because we were so shocked, we found that his father had also passed away um, just suddenly from a heart attack. And so we stood there and his parents live in New Zealand. And so we were in a season when our borders were closed. So not only had we gone through the grief of losing my father, we stood there just a few weeks before Christmas, wondering how we could get my husband home to New Zealand and whether he would make his own father's funeral. And so my, my husband actually flew, uh, flew off just before Christmas. We knew that he wouldn't be home for Christmas with us as a family. And my husband sat and watched his father's funeral in a hotel room. And he was only an hour's drive from where his family had been. And he watched his own father's funeral via Zoom. It's been an unusual season. It's been an uncommon season. And there's a definition when it comes to culture particularly, which is called a zeitgeist, which is called the spirit of the age, a defining spirit or mood of a particular period of history as shown by the ideas and beliefs of the time. You see, the more that I talk to people and the more that I listen to stories, particularly of those around us, not within the church, but around us. There is a sense of fear. And Jackson, when you started today, I wanna reference fear versus courage in the midst of the atmosphere today. And that we, the people of God, we move forward with courage in the uncommon time, that uncommon times require uncommon hearts, that require uncommon belief, that requires uncommon motives to step before us into the days that God has for us. You see, Joshua 1.9 says it this way, Have I not commanded you, church? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You see, if I allowed the news feed, if I allowed even my friends like Job, when they would speak to me and say, Hey, your father passed away. Charles' father passed away. You've seen loss after loss after loss. What's God doing? And I stand in the midst of it and I read my Bible and I read Scripture and there's over 365 verses that reference fear. But in the Bible, when it references fear, it never says do not be afraid without the answer of why we shouldn't be afraid. Sometimes the world might say, oh, I feel afraid, but they don't have the answer of why. You see, you come back to Genesis right at the start of Scripture and it says, do not be afraid. 
answer from God. I am your shield and your very great reward. Do not be afraid. In Genesis 26, 24, for I am with you. Do not fear, for you will have another son. Do not fear, for I will provide. Do not fear in Exodus 14, 13, for I will deliver you. Do not fear, for judgment comes from God alone. Do not fear, for God will give you the land. That's a word for someone this morning. Do not fear, for the Lord will fight for you. Do not fear, for I go with you always. Scripture after Scripture after Scripture not only says to us, church, do not fear, it gives us the answer of why. We stand emboldened by the power of the Spirit of God to be able to walk towards the days that He has for us, to be able to walk forward with a sense of peace, knowing that He goes alongside us. In Judges, there's this fantastic, complex man, and his name is Gideon. In Judges, it says this, When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Have you ever heard anyone say to you, You are a mighty warrior? Often our response is, what? (laughs) A mighty warrior? I don't know what that means. And that was um, Gideon's response. He replied saying it this way, pardon me? (laughs) He was like, what did you just say? But if the Lord is with us, this is Gideon speaking back to God now. You're saying I'm a warrior, but like, you know, if the Lord is with us, then why has all of this happened? You know, so easily in the midst of 2021 and leading into 22, I could just walk around and say, God, if you're with me, then why has all of this happened? Why has all of this happened? You know, and I, we would all have different circumstances and we would have different applications. But as Gideon goes on, he said, The Lord turned to him, Go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? And then he goes again, Pardon me? <laughs> Pardon me, my Lord? But how could I, Gideon, save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least of my family. And he goes on to speak the narrative that he's believed rather than the story of what God has created, the story of the why, do not fear, because why. He believes the narrative of the story of what he has made it mean. And so often we want to look in the way that the world does and have that sense of the zeitgeist of what's happening and try to read the times. But the Bible says for us to lean towards the Spirit of God and He will guide us, He will lead us, He will comfort us, He will draw us into the safe pastures that He has for us in the future. Judges goes on to say this, but the Lord said to him, peace. Do not be afraid, you are not going to die. And a prophet in the Old Testament as well, Isaiah, 
He speaks to this sense of fear as well, but leaning towards the why beyond the narrative that is beyond that. And when I look across Scripture, although you see story after story after story of person after person, circumstance after circumstance, where we see that the impact of daily life, we see the impact of being human, we see the impact of sin, and we could easily look at just the circumstance of the person and forget that the meta narrative of scripture is a meta narrative of overcoming, it's one of deliverance, it's one where he will justify and he will vindicate and he will bring us through to our place of home. See, Isaiah says this fear not, for I am with you, be not dismayed, for I am your God. And I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous hands. At the end of last year, I was down south near our Dunsborough campus. And um, I was walking the beach by myself with my kids. And my husband was overseas. And I found myself just talking to the Lord. As I do in that transition period between one year to the next. I believe powerfully in times of transition, in times of in-between, when we lean into what God is saying of what He is calling us into. And so I walked to the beach and I said, God, what would you have me focus on in this coming season? What is one word that could describe this season that I find myself walking into? Because if I turn and face the last two years, all I see is devastation. So Spirit of the God, show me how I walk towards the new season with hope. And I heard one word, and the word is this, embolden. And as I was walking the beach, my true response was this, did I just make up a word? <laughs> is that a real word? <laughs> And so I went to my best friend, Google, and I looked up the definition of embolden. Everyone say it together, embolden. And this is the definition of embolden. It's a transitive verb, so it's a verb of transition. To impart boldness or courage, to instill with boldness, courage or resolution enough to overcome timidity. And as I faced the coming season of what 2022 is, it is an uncommon season, but we serve an uncommon God who has answers for the days that we walk into. And I started to look towards acts of boldness throughout the New Testament, acts of courage, acts of boldness. And I was drawn once again to the power of God at work through His disciples and His apostles. In 1 Thessalonians 2.2, 2, it, it says it this way, On the contrary, after we have previously suffered and we were treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know, we were emboldened by our God to speak the gospel to you in spite of great opposition. Who faces great opposition here this morning? Who faces great opposition? We were never promised that we wouldn't face trials. And Jesus said to His disciples in the book of John, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. And in this world you will have trouble. But take heart. 
because I have overcome the world. My first thought for you this morning, if you're looking for a title, my message this morning is called Emboldened, an Uncommon Season. And my first thought for us as a church this morning, in the season of prayer and fasting, in the month of August that we find ourselves in, is this. We will be a people of an uncommon devotion. An uncommon devotion. When people encounter us in the culture, when people encounter us in our workplace, when people encounter us in our daily lives, are we known to be people of uncommon devotion? Con, you spoke about the fitness industry and my husband, um, he actually was a bodybuilder and he went to the world championships, got fourth in the world championships. But my husband, when I started dating him, that's probably why we have a son called Maximus, but that's another story. Um, so when, when we would um, be dating, I would come to the gym to find him and um, he would be sitting on the floor with his Bible open, reading from his Bible to people who were around him. An uncommon devotion. You see, I look at Gideon and he was speaking from a place of pain and fear. His life was out of control and his nation was being oppressed. And from his perspective, he thought that God had abandoned them when in truth, it was the people who had abandoned God. And we forget so quickly. You see, there's a Greek word that speaks about idolatry and the Greek word is, says sidolo, sidolo, which is the Greek word that speaks about idolatry. And do you know what idolatry means? Often when we look at the Old Testament, we think that idolatry is about statues and worship of other gods. And yes, it is, but the Greek word sidolo actually means worship of oneself. Worship of oneself. And if I look at the zeitgeist of the spirit of the age, not only is it one of fear, but it is one of worship of oneself. And you know what worship of oneself means? It actually means, God, I cannot do that. And God says, I give you courage to do that, to step out into that which I have of you. Timothy Keller says it this way. An idol is whatever you look at and say in your heart of hearts. If I have that, then I'll feel that my life has meaning. Then I'll know that I have value. Then I'll feel significant and secure. That same sense of the love of money that Con spoke about. Idolatry is that, it's that sense of actually, I don't need your help, God. I can do this by myself. And you know what? I can't do it by myself. I'm not great at asking for help, but in this uncommon season, we need to ask for help and it needs to begin with an uncommon devotion to a God who is our helper. He is our very strength. He is our peace. When Philippians said that He gives us a peace that surpasses understanding, it's because He has the answers that we need. We can step into an emboldened life because He has already gone before us and it's such a great opportunity for us to reframe our sense of idolatry and where we get our sense of self from and we lean towards with an uncommon devotion that which God has already done. 
in this season of transition, those online in this season of transition, what's your devotion to God look like? Not said with a sense of shame or even labeling that sense of fear, but just lean in, just a little, just lean in. Lean in and devote yourself to God. And you will be so impacted by the presence of our omnipresent Emmanuel God who is there to meet our everyday needs. See, the opposite of fear is not a lack of emotion or a response to a situation. It's the response that we do with that fear. Either we allow the fear to lean us towards what God has for us in the future, or we allow it to make us feel timid. And that's what the word emboldened speaks about. My second thought for us this morning, church, is this. This year, I will lean towards and I will remind myself of an uncommon trust, an uncommon trust. The more that we spend time in prayer and fasting and spend time with Jesus, we develop a place of devotion, but what it does and we don't realise, the impact of that becomes an uncommon trust. So I can walk onto a platform like this where I've never met you before and we have friends of friends and I can walk with an uncommon trust that God has gone before me, that He sees and knows every one of your circumstances and the word that He has for us here this morning that He has spoken and that He will always show up and that He is with us and uncommon trust. Do you really believe that God has got humanity? Do you talk like you believe that God had us? You know, I'm just reminded of that old song. He's got the whole world. In his hands he's got the whole. You know, I'm like, I probably should let the band do it, but you know, it's got the whole world. Sometimes we just need to remind ourselves of that. He actually does. It's a really rough season. The increase of poverty across the world is is horrible. War is horrible. He's got the whole world. He's gone before us, church. He's got the whole world. And if you start to believe the narrative of our culture that speaks with fear, just start to sing. He's got the whole world. In His hands, He's got the whole. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You got us, God. You got us, God. It's an uncommon trust. It's an uncommon trust. Can you confidently say that the Lord is our helper? At our tables that we sit with our family, do you bring the narrative of the world or the narrative of the gospel? And they're very different. The narrative of the gospel is an uncommon trust that God is building and He is at work in and through us. What is holding us back from trusting His provision for the coming season? In Hebrews 13, 6, it says this, so we can confidently say, we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. So what can man do? That's a pretty cool posture, hey? So what can man do? An uncommon trust. 
My last thought for us this morning here, church, is this. In an uncommon season, it's time for the church to have an uncommon boldness. An uncommon boldness. I love to read through the book of Acts and the uncommon boldness of just everyday human people who get it wrong, but they get back up again with an uncommon boldness because in their uncommon devotion, they spent time with Jesus with an uncommon trust because they had been with Jesus. There was such a sense of confidence and trust that He would go before them because they had spent time with Him. And then they moved with boldness. It's time for the church to move with boldness as you step into your conference to dream again. It is time for the the church to move in boldness. In Acts 4.13, it says this, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and they perceived that they were uneducated and common men, they were astonished. Common men. Common humanity, common union. We're just humans. We don't have to be the Saviour of the world. We can actually lean into the boldness of the Holy Spirit that came to give us the gifts and the empowerment to step through. And I love the Scripture that says that they were just uneducated common men and the people around were astonished and they recognised that they had been with Jesus. I spoke yesterday with our amazing women and um, I said to them one night on the late night shopping, I was walking through a shop centre, an uneducated common woman and I'm walking through and I was just, you know, trying on clothes and doing the, the girl thing, you know, and I had someone come to me in the dinner break in the, um, you know, where all the food is, what's it called, the food court at like a local, a local shopping centre and she just stopped me and she looked into my eyes and she said this, who are you? And I was just like, Amanda. (laughs) And she was like, no, but who are you? And I was just like, Amanda. (laughs) And then I went on to share some of my story and what God has radically done in my life. The salvation of a young girl from Rockingham and Western Australia who now has taken time, who's I've published 13 books and um, my work has been cited in university textbooks and I'm actually a no one. But I carried with boldness the Holy Spirit and she saw that upon me. And she was just like, I've just watched you walk from shop to shop. The way that you smile, the way that you interact with people, you carry a presence. And I wanna know what that presence is. That is living emboldened. That is living in the power of the Holy Spirit. That is an uncommon boldness. You see, Acts 28, 31 says it this way, proclaiming the Kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And when those around us, when we've been with Jesus and we've developed trust, we're able to speak with boldness, not condemnation. We speak with love and light and truth and they feel and they know that Jesus has been with us. Acts 4.31 goes on to say this, and when they prayed, 
in the place in which they were gathered together, it was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit to continue to what, church? To move in boldness. To move in boldness. See, Ephesians 3.12 says it this way. In whom we have access, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in Him. And Acts 4.29 says it this way. And now, Lord, look upon the threats of those who are around me and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with boldness. Church, who wants to speak with boldness here this morning? I would love to take time to pray that together we would be known in an uncommon season as a people first and foremost of uncommon devotion. And secondly, we would be a people of uncommon trust. And then we would lean towards the days that we are in together and that we would have uncommon boldness. And when the Holy Spirit says to you to stop doing something and to pick up something else, that we would just do it. That we would just do it. That when we work into our work atmospheres and the Holy Spirit winks at us and says, hey, speak and encourage that person there that we would do it with all boldness. Yesterday, I had a friend who was on my mind and I just was watching the waves roll in Cronulla and I saw the beauty of the waves and I was reminded of her. And um, I hadn't had contact with her for a while and wasn't following on social media, but I just sent her a little text and just reminded her of who she was, of who she was in God and what God was doing in this season. And I see, if, I just see your children and you just playing in the ocean and just the waves of the Holy Spirit comforting you and that it would be a beautiful time. And she texts me back very early this morning. She said this, Amanda, you're always spot on. I'm in Hawaii, here's a photo of my children in the waves. And I received that word in the name of Jesus, uncommon boldness, uncommon boldness. In John 16, 33, you know, we look at Jesus and the way He faced the cross in the garden of Gethsemane, the pain that He stepped towards, what He took on for our sin, and he, at that moment of vulnerability, of that moment, he just, he looked to the Father and he was like, God, not my will be done, but yours be done. And John says that Jesus said this to his disciples as they watched him looking on at his humanity. And he says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. See, the beautiful thing that I've discovered this year as I've researched the word emboldened, the word emboldened is this. The word M means step into. And I think what we think that boldness is, is that we just see it as a birthright or something that someone just has that they're in that, that's their personality. Amanda, you're really extroverted. Of course you're bold. I'm not actually very extroverted. 
I love spending time by myself. (laughs) I'm actually quite introverted. But there's this stepping into the gift that God has given each and every one of us. There's a stepping into, in an uncommon season, the things of God, the things that He has for us. Emboldened means that we step deliberately into the things of God and the things that He has for the, com- the coming season. And you see, the power of Emmanuel, God with us, is that He stepped into the cross. He stepped into with boldness something that there was a moment where he said, Father, can you take this from me? And then he said, but not my will be done. I will step into emboldened um, faith and emboldened sacrifice, emboldened surrender, emboldened humility into the things that God has for us. So church, why don't we stand together? And I wanna ask you this question. In this season, what are you entering into? What are you entering into? And in the midst of that, what are you trusting God for? What are you trusting God for? How can you devote yourself in a way that listens for the Father heart of God? And what is the boldness that He is leading you into for this season? As we just take time to pray and we worship with the band together, let's close our eyes and together reflect on what you are being called into. Father, I thank You for every person that is here today. I thank You for every person online right now in the power of the Holy Spirit. Please tell us, Lord, what we are stepping into. And immediately, if there is any fear here in this auditorium or in our spaces online, I speak against fear in the Name of Jesus Christ. And I ask, Lord, that You would help us to live boldly into the purposes and the plans and the opportunity that You have for us in the future. God, we thank You that You are here with us, that You are with us. Holy Spirit, have Your way. Holy Spirit, help us. Lord, we are but weak, Father, but we, we need Your strength, God. We need You, God. And Father, I speak right now, Lord, to anyone who is really facing troubling circumstances and to step into, Lord, it is a difficult thing indeed. I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, provision, answers, protection, Father, healing in the Name of Jesus, Father, that we would be released, Lord, into the season that You have for us to go into as a church. Lord, we love You. We worship You. We thank You, God. We thank You that You are with us, God, and You are for us. Amen. Amen. Today, when I spoke about that moment of decision with Jesus Christ, I remember being 18 years old. I'd grown up in a very traditional church and someone invited me to a youth meeting And truly I stood up the back of the meeting with my arms crossed (laughs) and I was like, yeah, nah, yeah, nah. And across that meeting, my arms started to soften 
And I felt the comfort of a loving Father who had gone before me. And I encountered the presence of God in a way that I have never recovered from. I have never recovered from it because I long for His presence. I long for His communion. I long for Him. I long for Him, church. I long for Him. And in that moment of salvation, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, everything changed. Everything changed. My past, the things that had happened, everything changed. And that same opportunity is here today for you. And I'm sorry, I'm emotional, but it's powerful, church. May we never forget the power of this moment. May we never forget what Jesus suffered and what He did for us. So I'd love everyone to close their eyes. And in a moment of respect, in a moment of honour, to hold space for each and every one of us at all very different places, at all very different experiences, with very different stories. Today, as we pray, I would love to give you an opportunity to just respond to Jesus to just respond to Jesus. And if that's you with everyone's eyes closed and everyone's heads bowed in reverent worship, just raise your hand, give me a little wave. Say, Amanda, actually today, I would love to pray that prayer with you because I wanna experience that same presence of God that you speak about. And if that's you here this morning, We are with You and we stand alongside You. If that's You, why don't You raise Your hand in this moment and then together we are gonna pray a prayer of salvation. And everyone here that said it before, we're gonna repeat the prayer together to remind ourselves of our first love, to remind ourselves of what God has done for us, to step into emboldened living with Him. So church, together, let's say, Jesus Christ, I believe in You. I confess that I have sinned. Today, come into my heart and be my Saviour. I receive Your forgiveness and Your acceptance of me. I am now set free from my past and I believe that I am a child of God, a child of God. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.